This is OPI Talk, the voice of the business products industry. Hello and welcome to this episode of OPI Talk. I'm your host, Andy Braithwaite. The topic of this episode is the important one of sustainability an area that is likely to play an increasingly important role in supplies procurement in the coming years. One company that has been a leading force on environmental issues in our industry is Lyrico. Last year, the company launched its Circular Economy Pledge, a five-year project that aims to develop fully circular solutions for its customers. And you can read more about that in the OPI Green Thinking Supplement, which was published last November. I recently had the pleasure of speaking with Isabel Dobny, who is Lyrico's Circular Economy Project Leader. I asked Isabel about the project and other sustainability priorities at Lyrico. Hi Isabel, thank you for joining us on this episode of OPI Talk. Perhaps we could just start off if you could just tell us a little bit about your about yourself and your career. Thank you, Andy. I'm, I'm thrilled to join you um, on OPI Talk. Uh, my name is Isabel Dobney. I have 16 years tenure at Lyrico now. Um, over these years, I've been supporting mostly our sales and customer care teams in various roles, um, namely as international support manager for our global accounts division. Today, I'm in charge with Nasser Kail, our group QSS director, of orchestrating the deployment of the Lyrico Circular Economy Pledge. And thanks for the opportunity to discuss the topic with you today. Okay, it's our pleasure. We have covered this topic in the magazine a few months ago. Perhaps you could just start off by telling us why we, what was it important for Lyrico to develop this circular economy pledge as part of your overall CSR goals? Yeah, that's a good point of entry. Let me um, break this down for you. Um, first of all, what's the starting point in our thought process? Quite simply, it's that climate change is everyone and every business's business. That's why it's important for Lyrico to accelerate the development of our sustainable offering. Also, how topical is this concern for our customers? We find that our customers are increasingly embarking on journeys towards carbon neutrality. We observe this both in the public sector as well as in mid-size and larger organizations. These organizations are looking to evolve towards sustainable purchasing to eventually reduce their carbon footprint. So as their supplier, we are here to offer them uh, sustainable solutions. And just to be clear and pinpoint uh, one example, um, for some of our public sector and private sector customers in Europe, those sustainable solutions are now a must-have. And that's a strong signal to the market. Lyrico started developing um, a sustainable offer very early on. And we believe that circular economy offers an efficient path to significantly accelerate in that field. Also, why then is circular economy relevant for Lyrico in the design of these sustainable solutions? Um, I think, again, start with a brutal fact. Um, in a linear economy, where uh, you take, use, and throw away, consumer products are responsible for 50% of the overall um, CO2 emissions. 
And another brutal fact is that these consumer products or commodities represent quite a large portion of the products that we sell. So as a distributor, because we connect manufacturers, suppliers and end customers, we are in a solid position to close the loop. Also, our commitment to circular economy derives simply from a sense that we have a responsibility to act and to support our customers in their efforts to purchase responsibly for their work environments. Now, you also asked how this circular economy fits um, with our CSR goals. Lyrico's ambition to build sustainability into the way we do business with all our stakeholders um, is a long-lasting one, in fact. We've been committed to the UN Global Compact since 2004. Our initial CSR strategy was established back in 2012. We also integrated four of the UN Sustainable Development Goals into our CSR priorities, and one of those is responsible consumption and production. If you look at the proportion of our product sales derived from our green tree selection, it's, it keeps growing and it now sits at over 42%. This is really an accelerating trend that we noticed and it's confirmed year on year. What our CE, Circular Economy Pledge, adds to the mix is both a framework, so clear actionable targets that can be understood by all our business partners and also simply strengthen commitments. All right, great. That's very clear. You mentioned uh, Green Tree. We'll come back to that later on. Uh, looking at the circular economy pledge, it's split into five commitments. Why, why five in particular? Yeah, why five and not seven or two? <laughs> um, well, we believe that five commitments is really what it takes to cover um, the full scope of our customer needs um, in terms of sustainable solutions. Also, our own responsibility as a company as we seek to lead by example. And finally, it'll this market towards a circular economy standard. So if we look at them in detail, and I, I swear I won't go too much in detail, um, three of these five commitments actually frame how we want to use circular economy to strengthen our sustainable solutions. Namely, to offer recycle-ready products packaged in recycle-ready materials, and offered along with collection and traced recycling services. Three, three different angles here. Uh, the goal here um, is to help our customers reduce non-recyclable waste in their work environments. As um, I mentioned before, um, the reason why they do this is to ultimately reduce their carbon footprint. So that leaves two commitments out. Um, because we, we are aware that um, we have to walk the walk somehow and lead by example, uh, we have a commitment to ban single-use plastics from our workplaces. Uh, we're talking about items like single-use cups, plastic bottles, plates and cutlery. And just to give you a measure of our progress, um, at the end of last year, in December, already 11 of our subsidiaries had gotten rid of plastic cups in their offices. Um, and finally, last uh, commitment in our series of five. Since there is no circular economy standard for the worklist industry today, um, we really like to contribute to the definition of an official framework 
developed um, with the European decision makers and certification bodies. So yeah, as you can see, we get to a total of five, five commitments with a milestone in 2025, um, which is enough to set the company in motion without losing focus. Okay, good. That's interesting. You know, when you look at you know, developing this circular economy pledge, what have been some of the, the challenges, both both internally and externally, of, of setting this thing up? Yeah, so let's look at our offering itself first. Um, the main challenge we have overall is making sure that um, the services we design and, and put out to market make our customers' lives easier and not more complex. Just to illustrate this, since collecting used items is central to a circular approach, one of the questions is, um, do we offer five different collection boxes and impose the sorting effort on our customer, or do we offer a unique collection box um, and then take on uh, the sorting effort uh, on ourselves and our business partners? That's a question. Um, so. What this means is that designing these simple services implies that we choose partners in the recycling industry who are capable of either offering or co-designing such uh, simple solutions. Um, another illustration, um, maybe this happens to you too, um, Andy. In, at home or in many companies, individuals store stationery in their personal drawers or cupboards and it, it lies there um, sleeping without being used. So the open question is, uh, can we advise very, very simple solutions um, such as centralized storage where employees can gather and share all the stationary items that they do not use, uh, that they stock without using. So the idea here is to help our customers reduce their consumption of uh, single use disposable items. And just to name maybe um, a few services that we put out to market in 2020 um, in the Netherlands. Uh, for instance, every public organization has integrated zero carbon emission as a goal for 2050. So they are consequently demanding services that integrate circular solutions from all their suppliers in their RFPs. Um, our operations in Benelux um, are the first to offer a single collection service for varied office supplies. And it's coupled in the background with the recycling of both plastics and metal. And also um, at Lyrico in France, we have established a collaboration with an innovating player in the recycling industry. So we're able to collect used surgical masks from our customers um, with the end goal of um, producing waste baskets surgical masks are made of plastic yeah okay yeah yeah i saw i saw that it's um yeah mask litter and recycling of masks is quite a quite yeah. a hot topic at the moment isn't it yeah we see them in the streets unfortunately uh, i was going to ask you internally within lyrico within the staff at lyrico how how have you kind of sold this project and what's the reaction been or some of the challenges there that's, that's a good question. And I think um, the introduction of our circular economy pledge has, you know, set, uh, put a spotlight on our employees' individual values and how strongly they feel about the protection of the environment. Um, so 
you know, two, two angles. You've got some of the people who are very puzzled because circular economy is a broad and complex topic. And it's challenging and puzzling to identify where you stand as an individual. Okay, I understand the theory, but on a daily basis, what can I do? Why is this so complicated? Does this mean I'll have additional work? All those types of questions. But on the other hand, and I think this is our most important asset, is that there is a large number of our employees who feel strongly about the need and the responsibility to protect the environment and who provide a lot of interesting input, ideas, and momentum uh, to the um, implementation and, and the realization of, of our commitments. Also, we have pretty solid uh, top-down support from our senior management, um, and, and that's, um, that's also a very strong asset, of course. Okay. All right. Good. Let's turn to, to perhaps your, your your customers and kind of the wide the wider issues of sustainability. You know, we could argue that sustainability has kind of taken a little bit of a backseat over over the past twelve months during during COVID. But kind of going forward, how, how do you how important do you think sustainability w- will be uh, for your customers? And then from Lyrico's point of view, how important will it be to be viewed as a kind of sustainability partner for, for your customers? Yeah, as far as far as I understand, um, and based on on the input that I receive from um, many of my colleagues, um, the evolution of uh, our customers towards sustainability um, is way past a trend. It's really a landslide. Um, climate change is uh, a reality, and along with so many of its customers um, and business partners. Lyrico understands that we do have a responsibility to to address the challenge. So, responding to this uh, from the Lyrico perspective is simply a matter of remaining a relevant business partner. Um, Our mission statement to pioneer in delivering sustainably what any workplace needs is pretty clear as to how the company sees the future. But let me illustrate this with um, a simple example. Uh, My colleagues at Intersafe, our safety specialists within the Lyrical Group, report that the majority of the tenders that they have responded to over the past two years have a sustainability component in them. And the picture is similar across the Lyrical subsidiaries in Europe or whenever a European company is going to market. This is just an illustration of how corporations have integrated sustainability into their purchasing practices. Now, not all our customers are major corporations. We also service a large number of um, smaller or mid-sized businesses. Um, And in those smaller scale organizations, the change of purchasing practices um, is down to a change of generation. Um, Millennials decide on a purchase based on different criteria than the elders. And market studies show that they pay more attention to the protection of the environment and the protection of their health. So what this implies for us um, is that uh, flagging our sustainable offering and delivering enhanced contents about our products, such as product characteristics or eco rating, is absolutely central. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and I guess... Yeah, you know, as millennials come into positions of responsibility and they, they become the purchasing managers, then that 
impact is only going to be amplified further. Indeed, and it, it doesn't necessarily have to do with how big the company is. If you're if you're looking at larger corporations, the, the millennials are joining the workforce, so they have um, a voice as um, end users, you know, final users of the products uh, we sell. Um, and in, in smaller businesses, yes, they will be in decision-making positions or they will influence it. Yeah, sure. Okay. Perhaps you could talk a little bit about more some of the you know, key topics uh, in terms of sustainability that, that your customers are, are concerned with. I mean, there's, there's lots of different areas when you look at the products, the certifications, you know, green deliveries, you know, being carbon neutral, all those kind of things. You know, what, what are some of the sort of the real hot topics there? Yeah, it, good point, Andy, and it is, a, it is a vast topic, so let me try and, and break it down for you. Um, basically, in a nutshell, our customers and our prospects are increasingly scrutinizing our offer through two main angles, ethics and compliance in the supply chain and the environment. So to ethics and compliance, our customers expect us to provide them with even more responsible products. Uh, what does this mean? responsible um, as in uh, compliant to ethical practices across the whole supply chain, especially on humor and labor rights. So at Lyrico specifically, we audit 100% of the manufacturers of our private label products. And we also expect all our suppliers of branded products to comply to both our purchasing policy and our code of ethics. Now to the environmental angle. Um, you mentioned carpet footprint for Lyrico deliveries. It's an obvious one. Um, and we have a systematic focus on this. Um, quick fact, in 2019, the CO2 emission from our fleet were 3% lower than previous year. Um, and we have continued actions in this area. Um, these actions address, for instance, um, low emission delivery solutions. Um, examples would be vans running on natural gas that were introduced in Italy, electric vans uh, that we've introduced in London and more recently in Switzerland or also in Italy. Um, we have e-rickshaws um, in the main Swiss cities or cargo bikes in the London West End. To continue to um, lower our lyrical deliveries carbon footprint. We're also looking at relocating our RDCs closer to city centers. And we have an ongoing work of optimizing our delivery routes. And uh, we could also mention that we do invite our customers to group their orders whenever they can by location um, in order to uh, simply reduce the number of deliveries. Okay, that's a good point. In terms of delivery, we've got same day, even same hour in some cases these trends would seem to go against any environmental benefits because they're increasing the amount of traffic on, on the roads and increasing the environmental footprint of deliveries how how do you go about perhaps educating customers on, on that we we've developed over time um, a tool that helps uh, identify so measure our delivery carbon emission for a given customer so we are in a position of um, showcasing what their current 
business habits trigger in terms of carbon emission. There's, you know, whenever we put this in front of customers, we usually have a kind of aha moment. It's a trigger. And then we can open the conversation. Now, customers have varied purchasing practices, um, varied um, geographical footprints, uh, sometimes different levels of security on their premises. Um, and of course, we have to adjust. But uh, and this ties into the whole, um, you know, transformation of our habits, whether it's through circular economy or something else. It's eventually the person who's ordering or using the product that is going to make the difference. And so if we can, if, if we can address organizations through measurements, incentives, so that eventually the person's placing the orders and using our products accept to evolve their habits a little bit. And most often when carbon footprint is in at stake, they do. They understand the, the reason. And then we have all the levers in place. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's, that's fine. I guess rewarding customers who, who implement, you say, good, good practice or penalizing those who don't. Yeah. Not not all our not all of our customers are open to go that far, mm. uh, but um, yeah, some some are, and the upside of having those um, incentives, so yeah, rewarding or um, not rewarding uh, customers uh, for the way they trigger their order and hence trigger our deliveries to their locations is interesting because it's measurable. It transforms something that can be a little abstract, nobody sees CO2 emissions, you know, um, into something that's measurable uh, and accessible. And, and yeah, it is an interesting lever for the organizations who are ready to go to that yeah. length. Okay, good. Now, one other area I wanted to talk about with, with you, Isabel, was your green tree and your, which is your green product assessment i think you've introduced that i think 2012 2013 some, something something like that so a good few years ago now can you just perhaps remind us what uh, what that is and how it works yeah thanks uh andy so this is where i get a little technical i'm going to throw some references and standard names at you so bear with me um but first uh our green product assessment is two things. It's both an environmental assessment method and a label. So we call it the lyrical green tree. And the goal is first to help our customers to really quickly identify or narrow down to trusted eco-responsible workplace products. That's why we've implemented it. Uh, now for the technical aspects. Um, our assessment method relies on two recognized standards. The first one is ISO 14020, which is the highest level of the ISO environmental claims standard. And the second one is the International Chamber of Commerce Code of Advertising. So at the intersection between the two, our method covers both uh, products with certified claims. You know them under the FSC label, the EU Eco label, or other labels such as Blue Angel, Nordic Swan. And on the other hand, it covers uh, products with self-environmental claims. What 
what's really important about the method before we talk about um, how we select uh, the products is that it's been reviewed by SGS, right? Uh, internationally um, recognized uh, certification uh, organization. So SGS has confirmed that our method is in line with uh, two ISO standards. Our method itself is compliant to those standards. And that's the reason why we hope our customers really consider this Lyrical Green Tree as a reliable label and not just another type of stamp that you would put uh, to trigger a purchase. So um, if we look at self-environmental claims, so that's the, the portion of the products that don't have a certified claim, we scrutinize the products uh, with up to 12 environmental criteria depending on the product and its category. So to give you an example, is the product recyclable? Does it contain recycled material? Is it compostable, degradable, and to what degree? Is it designed for disassembly? Does it have an extended product life? Um, does it help recover energy or reduce the use of any resource or of water, for instance? Is it reusable? Is it refillable? Does it contribute to waste reduction? And all these criteria are assessed across the product full life cycle from raw material to the product afterlife. So as you can see, some of these criteria fits in with our commitments towards circular economy. Namely, can the product be recycled? Is it made of recycled contents? Does it contribute to waste reduction? Is it refillable, reusable, compostable, etc.? On the other hand, this Lyrical Green Tree is also a label. So it's displayed on all the products that we approve. And this then allows our customers to identify those eco-responsible products in our catalog uh, or on our webshop. We've even made it a uh, selection criteria on our webshop so that customers can really narrow down on it. Okay, good. Perhaps you could just say a little bit about the self-assessment. I mean, how, how are those claims checked? SGS has approved our method. Mm. But to, to get into uh, the details, as I said, SGS has reviewed our method, uh, certifies that it's compliant with a standard called ISO 14021. This standard defines strict criteria that allow um, to check the, the how relevant the self-claim that we receive from a supplier is. So it's our teams at Lyrico who do that, um, our teams specifically in marketing and also in uh, QSS, in our QSS departments. And we have very precisely defined portions of our methodology. Just as, a, as an example, if a supplier declares that its products materials are recycled, then we're going to dig deeper. Uh, we want to know what is the percentage of recycled material within any given product um, that has this self-claim. And for the product that has uh, recycled content in it to be you know, certified or identified as a green tree product, it needs to have more than 60% of recycled content in it. And this is a threshold that we didn't decide ourselves. Um, it is the threshold that is used by the EU eco label. So we're really aligning to, to standards and, and we are leveraging um, the, the principles to run our own assessment of those products we receive from suppliers with self-claims. 
Okay, great. That explains that explains it nicely. Does does the green tree apply to branded products and Lyrico's private label products as well? Absolutely. The green tree applies both to our Lyrico product ranges and our suppliers' branded products. And we've got the same assessment methodology for either. And for products to successfully pass the green tree assessment, we provide an official certificate. Um, and this is available um, for each one of our green tree products on our web shop. It's reviewed every year. So for all of our customers who are eager to elaborate on the question of green tree, we provide the facts. Okay. So how, how many products now have, have your green tree label? So if we look at the uh, group product selection, so of products from our manufacturers and uh, products from suppliers who support us across um, all our operations, the green tree selection is about 1,500 products right now. And if you want to have another angle to what this represents, I think I've mentioned earlier, we have over 42% of the sales we derive from group products um, that are coming from the Lyrico Green Tree. So, uh, And this keeps on increasing year after year. So it's, um, it's a pretty interesting proportion, especially if you go back in time. In 2012, it was 26%. So this is the type of leap forward that I was pointing to earlier when I said it's not a trend, it's a landslide. Yeah. Do you have any any goals for increasing this percentage over the next few years? Yeah, we have a, we have a, a strong ambition. However, there's no specific number that's tied into the green tree. Um, we approach it more um, generally uh, through the angle of uh, sustainable offering. But we want the vast majority. That's that's the that's the ambition is to have the overwhelming majority of our sales to be derived from our sustainable offering moving forward. Okay, and I noticed that the products just they 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 have a pictogram of a green tree in in the catalog, for example. What why did you decide just to go with a pictogram and not perhaps with a kind of one to five or an A to E rating, something like that? So initially. Um, what we wanted to achieve when we uh, introduced the Green Tree Assessment is to provide our customers with a comparison, um, something that would make their life easier as they try to uh, identify and select products with reduced environmental impact versus other products. It can be a jungle out there in terms of um, eco-labels. And we didn't want to provide something that would be too complex or add another level. So, you know, we've discussed our method in quite a lot of detail. We have integrated into our method a lot of the criterias that sometimes are used by other um, certifications or uh, eco-labels. We really wanted to encapsulate all the headache so that our customers would have an easy reference to go to. However, providing something like an environmental impact rate that would go beyond the simple pictogram, that is something that, um, that we're exploring at the moment. And we've identified that the uh, European Union product environmental footprint method could be a solution. But before we move forward, we, um, we are still on a bit of a standstill. Um, we need to first confirm 
whether or not this method becomes an official rating method okay. across Europe. All right. I was going to ask you about that uh, PEF or product environmental footprint and how, and how your green tree tied in with that. Is it, are they, are they complementary? Well, could the PEF eventually re replace the, the green tree if you are sort of happy that it could? They are going to be complementary, definitely. What is our intention? The intention is to help our customers quickly and easily zoom in on the trusted eco-responsible products. The, the green tree is like a, a flag, right? And it's, uh, it's easy to spot. We've made it easy for them to filter and zoom in on those products on, on our web shop. Providing an environmental impact rating such as the PEF would be the next level of information about the products uh, for those of our customers who either want or need to go one step further in, in their choices, in their purchasing choices. So there would be complementary, no replacement of one by another. I don't think that would be smart. Okay. I guess from your, your kind of sales or commercial perspective, having having the green tree is a kind of USP for Lyrico or a selling argument for for your customers. So I can fully understand why you just you don't want to get rid of it. Yep, you've got it. Okay, good. Just just to finish off, perhaps, Isabel, looking at the next 12 months or so, what are kind of your priorities for you and your team? Let me, uh, let me speak about what I really involved in, which is the how we are moving forward uh, to meet uh, our commitments uh, to integrate circular economy into how we reshape our sustainable offering. We've mentioned it earlier. Circular economy can be a scary term. Uh, it can be puzzling. Uh, and on the other hand, it covers a broad spectrum of of topics, some of them pretty technical and scientific. So one of the angles that the whole circular economy community at Lyrico is addressing is increasing our know-how. But not for the sake of increasing our know-how, right? Lyrico will never be a circular economy university. That's not the point. We want to understand how we can then translate this into our ambitions. What do we really mean? Um, uh, with those uh, recycle-ready products packaged in recycle-ready materials and offered alongside um, collection and uh, recycling services, the three guidelines, the three commitments from the pledge. We have a long-winded journey to translate those ambitions into actionable guidelines. And why is this a long-winded journey? Because the variety of the products that we offer to our customers today um, is pretty broad. Um, so uh, it is going to require some smart efforts from all of us uh, in the community to engage with our suppliers uh, to really design the future of our offering. And the work we're doing this year and next year will feed the work and the evolution of our sustainable offering moving forward. This is, this is I think, the, the, the keystone, the very first starting point. We've talked about Lyrico's customers several times on, on this talk. We understand that we have front runners. We have companies or individuals who will need some advocacy to encourage them or create an appetite for our sustainable offering. Uh, so that's also um, another path that we're on. And 
just that because we have front runners amongst our employees when it comes to uh, the protection of the environment or front runners amongst our customers, we have front runners amongst our suppliers as well. And this is a, a pretty exciting portion of the journey, although it's a long-winded one as well, to be able to onboard them, translate our ambitions into the type of business that we do with them and accept and agree that we might, uh, moving forward, evolve how we collaborate, probably engage on um, more co-creation, eco-responsible co-creation, uh, which I think is a, is a pretty exciting angle. Okay. All right, great. You've had a lot of new products, I guess, come on, come on board with Lyrico in the past 12 months with PPE and, and these kind of COVID-related products. Does that raise any challenges in terms of their kind of green tree certification or environmental impacts of these products and sort of any, any special challenges that you've had with that? So uh, that's, a, that's a good point. If we look at the world of safety, um, and if I listen to my colleagues at, at Intrasafe, so that's our safety expertise uh, center at Lyrico Group, yes, we can, we can talk about sourcing. And I mean, the sanitary crisis has showed us obvious limitations of some of our sourcing processes, and I know uh, that they're addressing them. But the interesting thing about this type of solutions or products is that it already entices us to stretch a little bit beyond the strict commitments of, of this pledge. Namely, if we're looking at workwear or foot protection, which are the type of items that can be made of recycled material, that can be recycled, but where we find that some of our customers expect something else from us. They actually expect us more to provide the services that will help extend the product's life cycle. So if you've used your glove, your safety glove, um, um, thermal mechanical protection for two weeks, it hasn't reached the end of its life yet, but it's no longer comfortable for usage, can Lyrico organize a solution of collecting, cleaning, and then reusing? So this is the this is the um, interesting thing for me is that um, in the in the world of, of of safety, which is also a very broad universe in itself, customers' expectations take us already beyond the options that we could consider and that we are considering for um, our other categories. And this is really interesting. The same could be said of the category we we call life at work, which covers hygiene, cleaning, catering, furniture. All right, great. Isabel, thank you very much for your time today. I appreciate that. Uh, all very interesting stuff and good luck with the continuation of your project. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to OPI Talk. Find us at opi.net for all the latest news and analysis from the business products world. You can download our app from the App Store or Google Play. Just search for OPI Magazine.